I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche It's five and a horse I'm ready for Hi. more I'm We're here <laughs> We're up? here We're here Let's get this big ass water bottle out of the way Um all right, what's up, guys? Uh, Fernando Petty here with UVO Group right here in the UVO Podcast Studio. Today we are joined with uh, co-host Alan Ken Terevich. Ken Terevich. Yeah, there we go, Ken We Terevich. are here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody in the podcast today, we have a special guest, my personal friend and also personal nutritionist, also Alan's personal nutritionist, Justin Mancuso. Thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, wrong one. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get this down one day. I'm going to get this down one day. That's legit. Um, but this is not your first podcast. I saw you did a few of these with Brad. Yeah, I've done a few. Yeah. Did some other ones uh, just with other nutrition coaches as well, too. So, so nutrition coaching. Uh, yeah. I talked to Brad about this a while ago on the podcast. Um, when I first got introduced to it, mm-hmm. I first heard about it, right? You guys are doing it. I thought to myself, nutrition coaching. Like that's got to be hella expensive. Only like the rich and famous can 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 afford that. Yeah. Right. Like and and I told I told you that too. Mm-hmm. Like that's really what a lot of people. I think. thought the exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I really didn't know how uh, easily accessible it was for people like me. Right. Well, most people just think it's a like luxury thing that's super expensive, and it's like people often confuse nutrition coaching with also personal training, which is two different things. You know, one and the same, but they're both. Totally different. Like when people ask me if I'm a trainer, it's like I have training certifications, but I don't actually train anybody in person anymore. And, you know, I did a few years ago, but that's just, it's really hard to get someone results when you've got three hours a week with them in the gym and then they go home and they eat pizza and ice cream. And six months later, they look worse than when you started. It has nothing to do with me as a trainer. It's all their nutrition, right? And it's hard to, you know, help people really make a change when you have no control over what they're eating, you know? So I remember years ago when you were skinny fat. Yeah. <laughs> this is before you got into it. Yeah. I, I remember that. And uh, you were just getting into it. Like, uh, I mean, you started taking it really seriously just with yourself because you had a coach mm-hmm. uh, who was training you. Yep. Um, and uh, I saw your transformation. And I had other people who were doing similar stuff. And I saw their transformations. And I was like, why do they suck so bad? You know, and, and I realized it's because the discipline that you had is unlike a lot of people. Right. Yeah. You're a pretty disciplined person. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, um, I think getting sober, you know, I got sober when I was 19. Right. And it's like after you go through everything, like obviously from I'm from L.A., I came out here to go to rehab, get sober. I was, you know, 2011. Actually, next year, next week will be 10 years that I've got sober that I've been here. You oh, know wow, what I mean? Dude. Congrats. Yeah, March shit, 4th. Man. And so. You know, it's all, like, perspective. Um, everyone thinks it's so hard, so hard, so hard. But it's, like, once I got sober, it just gave me a unique perspective of, like, okay, nothing's ever going to be this hard again, right? I, got, I came out here, no friends, no family, completely started over, had ruined my whole life, right? Had to rebuild everything from scratch and, and do it sober. And I'd never done that before and had to figure that out, you know? And it's, like, after doing that, nothing else is really that hard, you know? It's, like, this idea that things are difficult. It's like after going through that, it's like nothing's ever going to be this hard again, right? Yeah. Like if I can get through this and do this sober, n- nothing will ever challenge me to the same extent ever again, right? And so, you know, I always tell people like if, if when I first got sober, you would have said, hey, man, all you got to do to get sober is you just eat chicken and rice seven times a day, every single day. I would have been like, where can I sign my name for that? That's, yeah. that's easy, right? Compared to what I got to do with this, you know? 
And so after going through that, it's like I always look back on that, like, okay, this is nothing. I did that, right? I got through that, did that. I can easily eat the same thing. If I have to eat the same thing every day for, I don't care if it's six six months. But you don't do that because, and that's what I thought originally, right? Because because, um, I signed up and and I'd done something like this before in the past, and it was that very basic, very boring chicken breast, brown brown rice. I fucking hate brown (laughs) rice, by the way. The flavor is absolutely (laughs) disgusting, right? And so I'm like, oh, I got to do this again with broccoli too. Oh, my gosh. How can I do this more than a couple weeks, you know? And yeah. so it never lasted for me. And I feel like a lot of people still do the same thing. They still think that same mentality. <clears throat> and then I started learning, you know, from you because you were a client of mine when I used to cut hair and you'd always be like, dude, white rice is, it's not, it's not, not, it's not bad. Like you can have white rice too. Yeah. And so, and so I was like, really? Like I can have white rice. Like that just blew my mind. I could eat, actually eat white rice and lose weight. Just one thing. Right. And so, you know, I started getting educated with you and then I signed up, you know, and, and I've lost almost 40 pounds. And yeah. I, I told Brad this last time. I'm like, dude, I really have, I feel like I haven't really been doing much. Like I've just changed my eating just a little bit. Yep. And and I'm eating more, which is awesome. And uh, it's working. Like I don't yeah. hit the gym either. Well, and the funny part is, is just most people have this preconceived notion of like healthy, right? Like we label things as healthy and not healthy. And the truth is, is there's no real definition of healthy or unhealthy food, right? Like what is a healthy food? Does that mean it's got... You know, it's not processed. It's got 10 grams of protein. It's got five carbs. It's got low fat. It's not, you know, no high fructose corn syrup. Like, what does unhealthy mean? Does that mean it's, you know, got got high fructose corn syrup? It's got sugar in it. It's got high fat. Like, so you've got to take these labels of healthy and unhealthy foods and just kind of throw those out the window and say, okay, all we're left with is like a healthy portion or an unhealthy portion. If I eat three egg whites, that's a healthy portion. If I eat 40 egg whites, it's not a healthy portion. doesn't matter if it's an egg white. It's still not, yeah. it's not healthy, right? And you know, ultimately what it comes down to is like balancing out the ratios of the proteins, carbs, and fats that you eat to help your body like maximize fat loss, right? And doing that, you know, you can use whatever carbs you want. If you don't want to eat brown rice, don't eat brown rice. I haven't eaten brown rice in like probably eight or nine years. Yeah. I don't like it, so I don't eat it. Yeah. And people that think you can't get results without that, it's like it ultimately just comes down to your calorie deficit, not the specific carbs that you're using to make up that calorie deficit. It's whatever ones that work for you the best, whether yeah. that's quinoa, couscous, sweet potato, red potato, yam, brown rice, white rice, egg noodles, pasta, regular pasta, wheat pasta. Like it's all a cup of whatever is going to be the same calories pretty much. And so it doesn't really matter like the specifics of it as long as the macros add up at the end of the day and they work for what your goal is. They'll help you lose fat or gain muscle or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. So the reason why I want to get you on here, um, you know, number one, the first reason is I, I definitely want to help. Uh, I mean, f- first of all, get people to understand that in order to, um, if you're seeking help, if you want to lose weight, if you want to get in the right uh, mind state, if you want to build confidence, right? All these things help you as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. Um, I want them to see that it really isn't that expensive. And so we'll go over pricing with you, obviously, um, here here in a second. But I want people to see that it's not that expensive and it's not that hard, Yeah. right? To, and, and, and it is, people like you are more accessible than I think people think. Yeah. Right? The, the second thing is, <clears throat> you know, you told me something when, when, when you and I first started working together, which was like six months ago, mm-hmm. right? You said, I'm telling you right now, you said, uh, when I work with people, they always look at the price and it's not even expensive at all, but people say, oh, I want to make sure I can afford this. Right. Yeah. And you said, uh, you said, I want to make people will tell you, I want to make sure that I can afford this. And you said, dude, you shouldn't ever look at that because the people that I work with, 
what happens when they start to lose weight and eat better. They start to think better. They think more clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it starts to help their confidence. Yep. Or their confidence goes up, and next thing you know, they start to achieve more and do more. And the next thing you know, their bank account gets gets a lot bigger. Yeah, and that started to happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's so I, true. I, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because I'm like, I didn't put those two together, but really, confidence. Yeah, you know, g- g- plays into if you're an entrepreneur and you're confident, man, mm-hmm. you're 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 you get so much further along than anybody else. You know, well, and so I wanted to hit that with you. Also, want to go over which we didn't go over with Brad as much, um, but I know you guys both have worked together. You guys both have an enormous uh, amount of knowledge in the way the mind works and cognitive function. And uh, being an entrepreneur, you did mention this to me, that, and I didn't realize this, was how much stress we carry and we, we deal with on a daily basis compared compared to somebody who works a 9 to 5. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot it's a lot different. And it really fucks with your body of course. carrying that around if you don't know how to manage your, your food. And so, so let's talk about some of that stuff. Well, yeah, people don't really realize that, you know, if you are disciplined in one area of your life, specifically with food, it just rubs off to a lot of other areas. At least that's my experience, right? Like when I'm firing on all cylinders because I, my body's fueled, I feel really good, I have consistent energy, I'm not crashing during the day, I'm a lot more productive, I tend to get a lot better results at whatever else I'm doing as well, right? It's not just like, oh, you know, I only excel in my nutrition and that's that's where it stops, right? It just bleeds over into everything, kind of the same way that that can impact you negatively when you're not eating properly and your blood sugar is really low and it's all over the place and you're, you're in a slump, right? Like how, you know, when you're firing, you're, you're on, you know, you're running at 50% capacity, how well do you really expect to do with everything in your life? Not just, you know, it, it's how you show up to work as a boss, how you show up as a husband, how you show up as a father. Like all these areas are all directly impacted by really the food that you put in your body, you know? And the funny thing is the people that, you know, typically complain about the price, it's like, well, that's expensive, but you know what else is really expensive? Like having type 2 diabetes is really expensive. Medical bills for, you know, prescriptions and refills and doctor visits. Like that stuff's really expensive. And like if you were to look back and you have all these medical expenses six or however long down the road, you're going to wish you could have paid a couple hundred bucks a month for that nutrition coaching now to offset that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like preventative care, if you will. It's like, okay, you know, it's like they said my therapist would say all the time, the time to to go to a therapist is not in crisis It's before, right? So you can develop the skills to handle things, everything better. Right. And so the time to go to a nutritionist is not when, you know, the doctors after you have a stroke, right? Like it's, it's before, cause you Mm -hmm. can do things to prevent all that stuff, you know? And I mean, people just, I don't think are aware that this is as accessible as it is. Like you said, people think this is like only, you know, celebrities or whatever, you know, people have nutritionists when in reality it's like, this is something that everyone can benefit from. I've got clients. My youngest client is 11 and my oldest client is 71. Right. So there's like, there's no age parameters that you have to, you know, you can't do it if you're this age or you have to do it. If you're this age, like at any point you can make a change whenever you're ready to and get the results and get, you know, change things for the better. Yeah. So Alan, you've been, you've been doing it. You signed up just recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, like five months now, four or five. Yeah. It's been five months. Yeah. It's been like two months. No. Been, There's no way it's been five months. Two or three. <laughs> I think about three. Three? Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, I feel yeah. good. Yeah. Either way, I feel good. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure with me, you had a lot of fun trying trying to get creative because I'm, I'm allergic to pretty much everything. But we made it work. Yeah. And I, mean, I, I remember coming in like multiple days I would come in. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like shit. I feel tired. I feel drained. Yeah. I'm over there yawning in your office. It's 5, 6 p.m. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why... Why do I feel tired? Why do I have no energy? Right. And the reality is I was not getting enough food in me. 
and the right foods as well. Yep. You know, on top of that, I have to do some testing as well to find out exactly what foods they can have, which ones they can't have. There are certain ones like I'll have and they, they affect me because I'm allergic to it. Right. So we've, we've had that conversation multiple times too, yeah. but just, yeah, I've noticed, um, yeah, what, what you, what you put in is what, is what, is what you get out at the end exactly. of the day. So what can Alan have? Alan gets the brown rice, chicken and broccoli, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just has, because of, you know, a lot of the food allergies he has, like, uh, you know, the name of the game for really just like longevity and feeling good and being healthy long-term is like inflammation, right? That's like a, a really good uh, biomarker you can track, you know, how long someone's going to kind of be here, right, and feel good, and, you know, is based off inflammation, right? So if someone's allergic to something that's going to cause inflammation, the more of that stuff you can remove, the better they're going to feel. You know, the reason a lot of people can't lose fat is because their body's got a ton of inflammation because they're, they're eating sugar and they're not eating, you know, nutritious, nourishing foods, and that slows them down, and it definitely makes fat loss harder. It makes consistent energy harder. It makes everything you're really trying to do a lot harder, right? And so when you eliminate those things, all of a sudden people get results, you know? And funny thing is, is most people come into me and they're like severely under eating. Like I've tried eating 1200 calories and then that didn't work. And then I tried a thousand, then I tried 800 and like no one ever thinks, well, like, well, why don't you try 1800? Well, why would I do that? That's why more food. And it's like, well, because the chances are your body's getting so little that it's, it's not, it's not cooperating because it's holding on to everything it has because it's not getting enough. And when you give it enough and you give it the right foods, enough portions, you know, enough protein, enough carbs, and enough fats, all of a sudden it cooperates and does what you want. And next thing you know, you're eating more food and you're burning fat and you're dropping fat. And the scale's going down. Your clothes are fitting better. You have more energy. And it's like no one ever thinks of that, right? It's like they just think, you know, for me it was like, okay, when I was, whatever, 10 years old, my mom would be on a diet. It's like, okay, I knew she was trying to lose weight. She was eating less and she was not in the best mood because she's doing whatever it was, right? So at a young age, I learned, okay, to diet or to lose weight, you just eat less. And I think that's a lot of people – Everywhere. I thought like, the exact that same is something thing. that I still yeah. battle with. Right. I swear. And the, and the reality is, is that the, you, the shift you need to make is I'm going to eat more food to burn more fat. Right. And that is a hard shift for people to make. But once you start doing it and you feel better and then you start losing fat, you know, once I can get someone one week to eat more food and then lose fat, they buy in. Right. It's yeah. not like I have to convince them. It's like, okay, look, do this for a week. Let's see what your body does. Let's test your body fat. See what your measurements are doing. Let's see how you feel. Give it a week. What's the worst that can happen. Right. Yeah. But you think you're going to gain how much weight could you really gain in a week eating these clean foods, right? It's not really going to happen. They eat the food, they come back, they're like, how did I How did I drop? I don't know. Well, your body's not fighting you every step of the way anymore. You're finally giving it what it wants. It's wanted this whole time. Now, all of a sudden, you're dropping fat. So you're eating more food, and you feel better, and you're able to burn more calories, right? It's like there's two schools of thought. It's like I can either, you know, if you're training for something to lose fat, I can either increase your calorie deficit by taking your food away, or I can increase your cardio. So eat the full cup of rice and throw in an extra 10, 20 minutes of cardio. You're going to feel better, and you're still going to get the same results as opposed to restrict, restrict, restrict all the food. When you restrict all that food, how hard is someone really going to work out when they have no energy, right? Like how hard can you really push it when you're, fuel, when you're running on fumes at the end of a long work day after you've worked 10 hours and you want, you're going to the gym? Like you got nothing left. How hard can you really push it, right? If I give you more food and you have more energy going into that workout, now you can burn more calories and you're going to feel better. Yeah. You know, the, the crazy thing is when, when, when I hit all my meals every day and all my snacks. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is one of the issues that, that I, I've had, right? Mm -hmm. Being so busy is like um, I'll prep my food for like three days. Mm -hmm. And then by the third day, I'm so busy, I, I can't prep for the next three days. And so right. I'll like miss a day or miss two days or miss three days. And then I'm like, shit. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I start over again. But what happens to me mentally 
um, or, or, or during those days is like, maybe the, the, the first day will go by and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty full by like 11 o'clock in the morning because I had my breakfast and I had my snack, right? Yeah. But then like 11, 30, 12 o'clock comes around and I'm already like fiending for the next like meal, right? right? And so I, I get it in and then I get, um, and then again, after the meal, 20, 30 minutes later, I'm like, shit, I'm hungry again. Where's my snack? And I'm like, holy shit, I'm eating all day and yeah. I'm still hungry, but I'm, I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm energetic. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. I feel like my body's actually like working like optimally. Right. Right. And then, and then when I hit the day where I run out of my meals because I haven't prepped, yeah, like I'll go like a few hours and then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm like in storing mode or something because I haven't eaten all day. Right. And, and I can feel my energy levels just drop down so much, but then I'm mm -hmm. like, wait, okay. I still got through the day. I feel like not the best. I feel weak. Honestly, yeah. I feel weak, Yeah. but it's like, I, I think for some people they, they, they figure, and again, this, I've been there and I'm still battling this where I'm like, okay, I have to eat less right. in order to lose weight. Like it's so weird when you feed, feed your body more and it's like good nutritious food. Yeah. How much more your body wants to eat. Well, like it's, it's so crazy. And that's how it's supposed to work, right? Like you're essentially by, you know, spacing out your meals into smaller meals and smaller snacks. What you're saying is you're giving your body this, it's going to eat, you're going to eat this meal or snack. It's going to burn through that whole snack. And then an hour later, like it's burned through and now you're going to hopefully be burning fat, right? For the next hour or so, then you eat your next meal or snack. And that process repeats itself five or six times throughout the day because you've removed all the sugar, you've removed all the things that are going to cause these big insulin spikes in the body and actually prevent your body from burning fat. So by removing all those, we allow your body to burn fat all day. And that's what it's exact. It does what your body does, what it tells it, what we tell it to do, right? If we tell it to store fat and we give you a, a surplus of calories with high sugar and, you know, a low protein, it's going to store fat. So that's essentially what you're telling your body to do based off of the breakdown of the food you're giving it, right? If you're giving your body adequate protein with paired with adequate carbs and fats at a calorie deficit, there's no way you're not going to lose fat. It's not physically possible. It's not my opinion. It's just science. It's how the, how the body works, right? Taking, you know, what we know about the metabolism and the science behind that and just applying that to your body, right? How many calories do you need to exist every day? Okay, let's find that number out, and then let's put you at maybe a 15% calorie deficit from that number. Let's make the macro breakdown, whatever we have it at, right, where it's roughly you're eating roughly 50% carbs, about 30-ish percent protein, and 20% fat, and we place that out over five or six meals. And by doing that, We've removed all the things that are going to stop you from burning fat, and now your body's just going to do exactly what we tell it to do based off the foods we give it. So when you eat what you're supposed to, that's exactly what happens. And when you eat a ton of extra sugar and all that sort of stuff, you're telling your body to store fat, that's exactly what happens too, right? Like your body doesn't get mad, it doesn't get sad, it just takes what you give it, and it either stays the same, goes up, or goes down. There's no opinion, there's nothing, there's no emotion into that at all. Your body does exactly what we tell it to do based off the food you give it every meal, every time you eat. Right. And that's where people that are like, well, how does this work? It's like, cause you're telling your body to do this based off the food you're giving it. It's not, you know, it's not like a, my opinion that you will lose fat. If you follow this, it's like, I'm not guessing here. Right. I'm like calculating what you need, taking that number, dividing that into a calorie deficit of whatever percentage we want to start at and then programming it with foods you like, and then letting your body do its thing. Right. Yeah. It's not like, Oh yeah, this, I think this is going to work. Maybe this number will work for you. Maybe it won't. It's like, no, 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 this is how it works. That's what I love about working with you is that you got the craziest recipes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yesterday, my, my wife came home yeah. yesterday, right? And she's like, oh, hey, by the way, did you know that, uh, what's that, uh, 
Kodiak. Kodiak. Yeah. Did you know Kodiak? Because we eat the Kodiak pancakes, uh-huh. the yep. protein pancakes, right? She's like, did you know that they make graham crackers? And I'm yeah. like, I had no idea they made graham crackers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They made graham crackers. She's like, if you pair the graham crackers with this chocolate syrup and you put it with this this yogurt, it's like a cheesecake yogurt. Yeah, it's like a marshmallow flavored that, yogurt yeah. with some sugar-free chocolate syrup and some and honey like, flavored what? graham crackers. What? How the hell do you lose weight with that shit, man? That's so crazy. But it tastes yeah. good, and we got it yesterday. Yeah. And like, I I, I had mine today. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I'm like, 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 like you're cheating. Yeah, like I'm cheating. But that's how it's supposed to be, right? If yeah. I can, if I can get you to like the foods you're eating, it works with your schedule, and it tastes good. Chances yeah. are you're going to eat it. If you're mm-hmm. going to eat it, you're going to lose fat. Mm-hmm. Ten times out of ten, there's not an opinion in that mm-hmm. statement, right? That's just a fact. So that's where my job comes in. How can I make it so you like your food, and how can I make it so those th- those things happen? Because if I do that, you're not going to want to cheat. You're not going to want to feel like I'm so restricted, right? Because I'm only eating chicken and brown rice, where I can only hold on for so long, and then. You know, the wheels fall off and I go off the deep end and eat a bunch of candy or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Whatever that's your what happens. Is. Yeah. My, mine is like either candy, which I don't really do too much candy. I think I can really kick that habit. Yeah. And and, and I think I kicked it with another habit, which is like the little smoker pens. Yeah. Like I started hitting those little pens. and <laughs> Hey, nicotine I, is no calories. Though. Yeah. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. go. Yeah. I totally kicked the candy habit with that <laughs> crap, right? But, but, but the other one is uh, alcohol, right? Like, I mean, right. I, I, I do drink here and there. Right. And uh, you explained to me how it works and how it's extremely difficult to, you know, burn off those calories from, is it the, the fat from alcohol, correct? Yeah, it's, it well, it's the sugar, right? It's oh, the like, sugar, okay. It's, it's, you know, alcohol can, you know, not be metabolized and burned as a carb source the same way as a regular carb would, right? Because our body processes it differently, breaks down much differently. And so roughly 60% of those calories are really hard to burn off and they're more likely to store as fat. Right, so when someone drinks a lot, it's like okay, you got a few options here, and um, you know, I had this uh, this uh, client who, you know, I'll just use it as an example, right? She's like, okay, Friday and Saturday, I really just want to drink, and I want to eat, drink, and eat. How can I make that work? Not really willing to give that up. It's non-negotiable for me. I still want to lose fat, but I still want to kind of have two days a week where I can eat whatever kind of I want and drink. Right? Yeah. Okay. So my job as a nutritionist is like, okay. Well, you know, off the bat, that's we can work with that. But here's what's going to happen. Your energy is going to suck. You're going to feel tired. Your workouts are probably going to suck. You're going to be eating pretty minimal food during the week. But as long as you're cool with that, like, I can totally make that work, right? And so I took her calorie deficit, and I over the week, right, I broke it down over seven days as opposed to people just think it's one day. No, it's like every look at your calorie deficit over seven days as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, she was eating roughly, it was about, a thousand calories a day. Maybe it was like a thousand and fifty calories a day, but Friday, Saturday, we allotted like thirty four hundred calories. For, you know, so Friday night, Saturday night, so she could eat pizza, drink, do all that stuff within those number of calories. And sure enough, she came back the next week and she's like, "I'm down a pound and a half." <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Isn't it worked. Funny? Yeah, That's and so like, funny. it works, right? And yeah. so the next week we did it, and she's like, "Okay, cool. I lost another pound and a half." And she's like, "Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I feel like shit." Nope. I'm like, okay, so that's like part of my job is like, how can I educate you around what you're doing? I'm not here to take your shit away. People think that I'm going to take all their food away. They're going to be starving and miserable. And that's not what I, that's not my job. It's not, that's, I don't want, I don't want to take your, your food, right? Yeah. Like I want to show you how can you make this work for the rest of your life, right? Because meal plans are great and all to help someone hit a goal or whatever it is, right? But then what? If I haven't taught you the skills of how to track carbs and fats and proteins and how to switch things in and out and make different recipes and giving you tons of tools really by the time we're done, I've just failed you as a coach. Cause you're going to go back to exactly what you did before, which clearly didn't work. Right. And, and that's what I did. Right. Like I would sign up with my coach, which was Brad. 
and I would do super good. I'd be really good on a meal plan. I'd lose 10, 12% body fat, and then I would be done, and I'd gain back 10% body fat over the next couple weeks. You know what I mean? And it's like, shit, well, how do I, what do I do? You know, how do I, how do I figure this out? And then I'd come back to him with my tail between my legs. Like, I'd lose 20 pounds, and then I'd gain back 15, and then I'd go back to him, and I'd, just this repetitive cycle of, like, go, try it, then lose the weight, get on my own, and then just blow it, right? And it was like, but it was so strict. It was so much different back then. That was a long time ago. That was, you know, seven years ago where it was like breakfast was the same every day. All your, your, your morning snack and afternoon snack, that was the same. Lunch was the same. Every single day for a week, you eat the exact same thing every day. And then you get great results, obviously, if you can stick to that. But then what happens when you're done? I never learned what I needed to to continue that when I was finished. So yeah. I just go back to what I did before. And I'd fall right on my face. And for three years, this was just like the cycle of what I was doing, right? And it's like pretty disheartening when it's like, dude, I'm back again. I'm back again. Hey, can I come see you again? Like I clearly can't figure this shit out, right? Like why can't I figure it out? And that's when I started switching things up and like, okay, I got to figure out this like gray area of I can be healthy, but I can switch things up and I need to have more flexibility like within the you know confines of this meal plan or this whatever these macros I'm trying to adhere to. I need more flexibility, right? And that's when I started coming up with different options and different things and doing different stuff, you know. A lot of the other coaches where I work, we do things very differently because I have my way of doing things. They have their way of doing things. But through my own, you know, experience of like, you know, I got sober and then I pretty much just turned to food because I had no alcohol or, you know, drugs anymore. And I'm like, well, I'm sober now. What do I do? I have all these feelings that I haven't dealt with. I'm just going to turn to sugar or fat or whatever, right? And I gain like 40 pounds, right? And so I'm like a year and a half sober and just miserable. I'm like, I'm supposed to be sober and happy and have this awesome life, and I'm totally miserable. I look worse than I ever have, feel worse than I ever have. I need to figure this out. And that's when I hired Brad, met yeah. Brad, and started going through that. And it's like, okay, a few years later down the road, I'm like, this doesn't work. This is still like all or nothing, right? And that's very much how, you know, addicts or alcoholics are. They're all or nothing. And I needed to, I'm like, I got to figure out an in-between gray area here that will work for me to do this long term. Yeah. I, you know, figured that let's, out. And, let's let, let's talk about it a little bit because yeah. because when i met you you were i think a year sober two years sober like a year and a half maybe yeah yeah so <clears throat> so yeah. uh just to catch you guys up and you you as well alan so mm -hmm. justin uh justin owned he was a founder and he co-founder and, and and owned a, a store in beverly hills center right mm -hmm. in uh, beverly hills california beverly hills california yeah, yeah. and uh this place was cool, right? Yeah. It was a cool clothing store. They sold nice shoes, and uh, we we oh, had a, all that stuff. Yeah, and you came out for yeah. The, so we uh, had a mutual friend who 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 did some shoes with you. And, yeah, and, yeah. And Justin had a uh, one year anniversary, and, right? Yeah, it was a one year anniversary at the Beverly Center. So I'm like, I want to go out there. I just want to go out there. Yeah, of <laughs> so, course. So I flew out, uh, and I met Justin, and I saw the store. The store is cool as hell, man. It's yeah. awesome. Beverly Hills like mall, like. I went shopping and yeah. I checked everything out in the store and I was like, this is yeah. a good place, right? And then, and then I come to find out Justin lived in Utah, yeah. And and he was and he and, and he he didn't live in California anymore, right? And so I was like, why the hell would this guy be living in Utah? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be over there running my store, right? Yeah. So so that's how we got acquainted. But Justin was a uh, you know an entrepreneur and and, mm -hmm. and he had his own business at the time and and he was working on a, another business at the time and mm -hmm. uh, you know I, I started cutting his hair back then when I was when I was cutting hair full time, um, but. When, when I met you, you were getting out of the, the shit storm of being an addict, right? Yeah. But, I mean, what the hell got you there? Because I never really got that from you. I know that you were kind of moving all over the place. And, I mean, I knew that you, you, you had a, 
you know, you, you grew up where I don't think money was a problem, right? I mean, yeah. I feel like you guys were taken care of pretty oh, good. 100%, yeah. I mean, dude, it just came down to, like, you know, I got, you know, I, I tried, smoked weed, whatever, for the first time when I was, like, whatever, 12 or 13, junior high school, right? And pretty much the first time I ever smoked, I was, like, I literally remember saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to feel like this for the rest, like, as much as I can. Like, that was exactly what I said. I hear that from a lot of addicts. I hear that from a lot of addicts. However long I can stretch yeah. this out, that's what I'm going to do, right? And that's what I did. I was like, okay, how do I support this? How do I, how can I start getting weed? And, you know, at th- 13, I don't have a job exactly. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get some weed fronted to me from my, my friend, Stephen Johnson's brother. <laughs> Stephen Johnson lives at this address. This is phone number. <laughs> yeah, right? call, call it your boy. Call him <laughs> out. Yeah. And, dude, this was in, like, eighth grade. This was forever ago, right? And it's like he ended up essentially giving him, get fronting me, like, some a little bit of weed, like an eighth or something. Yeah. And I sold it to my friends at school. And I was able to, like, sell two and a half grams for what I got the three. And I got to keep a gram for free, right? Like, that's mm. a drug dealer's dream. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I can, this is mine. I can smoke this now, right? So now I'm like, okay, cool. I got this down. I can I can do it for free. And, and indeed, it just took off from there. It was like it started with weed. And then when I was about 15 or so, some one of the kids on the football team gave me a Vicodin. It was like, hey, you can take this. And you don't have to smoke or do anything. And it's like, it's it's cool. And they're, they're two, three bucks. Like, they're legit. And wow. So I took a Vicodin. I was like, oh, dude, this is legit. I don't have to smoke. I don't smell like it. It's a lot easier to do. I don't, you know what I mean? It's like I can be more low-key and discreet mm-hmm. about it. Great, right? So then I got those. So, okay, cool. I'll start selling those, right? And then it just pretty much progressed from there. And it was like, you know, off to the races, essentially. Yeah. And I would, as, you know, high school, and then I got into high school, and that's pretty much when I just went nuts. That was when I started drinking more, and then I discovered, like, yeah. Did you still graduate? Yeah, barely. I don't even, I mean, I don't even, I mean, I pretty much did straight, like, Ds. Like, the only reason I graduated is because I had this um, this IEP is what it was called, Individualized <laughs> Education Program. Mm. And I had this teacher that, like, really liked me and wanted to help me. Special ed? Like, pretty much, dude. Like, <laughs> I essentially ed. just was like, I don't care about school. Yeah. I'm just can do whatever I have to do to just pass, and then I'll figure it out then. You yeah. know what I mean? To clarify, have you ever watched Scarface? Yeah. <laughs> what is the number one rule? <laughs> what don't get high on your own supply don't get yeah. high on yeah. your own supply yeah. yeah yeah no i mean but but <laughs> but, but dude, at this point it was like i was so young and i just you yeah know, i was like making money and it was yeah. like okay cool i got money i don't have to have a job and then and it just took off from there dude then i found ecstasy and that's like and xanax and that's when things took a real turn for the worst was like when i finally when i started taking a bunch of xanax shit just went down super quick yeah back in rehab i'm in rehab then i came out to utah for my first time for rehab in 2010, January 2010, got out, and I was like, okay, I'd gotten enough trouble at this point where I was like, okay, I'm probably a drug addict, but I'm not an alcoholic, right? I was 18 years old at the time. I'm like, I can't be an alcoholic. I'm only 18. It's not like, I, yeah, I'm a drug addict, but, like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm not, like, you know, drinking out of a brown paper bag on the side of the road. Like, that was in my head what an alcoholic was, and I'm like, I'm 18. That's not me, right? So what I did was I pretty much drank every single day for the next six months until I – and I made this promise to myself I wasn't going to do drugs anymore. I was just going to drink, you know. And then something happened that seemed like a good enough reason to do drugs again. I don't even remember what it was. But started doing the drugs again and, like, shit, just bad. Got a couple DUIs, got arrested a couple times with some stuff. And it was yeah. like, shit, dude. And then I remember being in jail that next morning after I got my, got my first DUI in January of 2011. And then March 2nd, I got my second DUI two months later. 
and I had some, you know, oxys and stuff on me that I also got in trouble with. So sitting in jail, you know, this was like six hours after my DUI. I'd gotten this fight with this girl at my house, and I called the cops on her because she was like, wouldn't leave my house. Cops came over to, you know, get her out of my house, and then all my drugs are on my counter. So they arrested me. Oh, (laughs) shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I go back to jail six hours after I just got out from my second DUI. Um, You know, and I had been on one, man. I was, like, drinking every day at that point. And anyways, I woke up and – or, sorry, I went to jail, and there was this this guy on the the top bunk. And I was like, hey, man, how'd you get here? And I remember he was like, dude, I was running, and I jumped up this fence, and I woke up here. And I looked at him, and I was like, dude, you're you're an idiot. That's what I said, Mm -hmm. right? Meanwhile, I'm just pretty much called the cost of myself. Just got in my second DUI like six hours before yeah. that. So anyways, I fall asleep, pass out, wake up in the morning, and, and he was gone. And I was there by myself. And the dude just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, fuck. And I, it hit me. It was like, dude, this was you weren't supposed to do drugs. Like, you were just supposed to drink. This was you controlling it the best you ever have. And look where you're at. You know, like more just like screwed than you've ever been. And, uh, yeah, that morning I made myself promise I was like, going to do whatever I have to do to never feel this way again. Whatever it takes. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right? Got on a plane, went to rehab, came to Utah again, which was March 4th. You know, I got arrested March 2nd, but I don't even count my sobriety date till March 4th because the whole day of the 3rd, I was in jail. I was, dude, I was so fucked up from the two days before. Like, it, I wasn't <laughs> even was counting sober. sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was still, like, not sober, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and, dude, so I, you know, got on a plane, came to Utah, went to detox, went to rehab, did the whole thing and did everything they told me to do. I was, instead of, you know, fighting it like I had in the past, I was like, okay, cool. Go do this, do this, do this. I was like, all right, cool. What do I got to do? You know, got out of rehab, went to a, a sober living house, did an intensive outpatient program five days a week for, you know, three, four months. Uh, graduated from that and then, you know, went to court and I was taking drug, I was getting drug tested every day in my sober living house. And then twice a week from my intensive outpatient, taking nine drug tests every seven days, breathalyzing every single day, like doing everything I had to do, going to three or four AA meetings a day getting my card signed and then I showed up to court, you know, when I was about like six months out of treatment and um, I had all these letters of recommendation from like my therapist and my, you know, all the places I'd been through and they were like, and I just remember I went up to, I went up to the judge and I was like, yeah, man, like I'm really trying my hardest to change this. Just give me, give me a chance. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and he was like, okay, man, I'm going to give you three years suspended sentence. If you get so much as a dirty test for marijuana, I don't care what it is. It's all going to get dropped right on your head. And I was like, okay, cool, I can deal with that, right? And so I got that, stayed sober, you know, and it's I haven't really looked back since. And yeah. I see the similarity with people who are addicted to drugs and narcotics yeah. with food. It's the same thing, man. It is Except the same it's thing. like socially acceptable, right? So it's like and, – and people I don't think understand how, you know, really like devastating a food addiction is because – you know, imagine me, I'm an alcoholic, right, in a drug act, and I don't need to drink alcohol to survive, right? But imagine if I was, and I did, and someone said, okay, Justin or Fernando, I know you're a cocaine addict, but so here's what I need you to do. Every single day, I need you to do six lines of cocaine a day, and one in the morning, afternoon, one at lunch, one in the you know afternoon snack, one at dinner time, and then one before you go to bed. I only want you to do a line. I don't want you to do two, but I don't want you to do a half. I want you to do one full one and only one, right? And that's what you got to do. Like, how the hell would you do that, right? Yeah. Like, imagine, like, you know, when, when people ask, like, what's it like to, like, be addicted? Like, the best way I could explain it is, like, imagine, like, there's this, you know, this table of food, right? And, like, you're starving. And there's this whole table of all your favorite foods right on the table, right? And, like, you're starving. You haven't eaten in, in weeks. 
and your whole entire family is just sitting around the table and they're crying and they're just telling you, please don't eat the food. Like that, like that's how it feels when you're like addicted, like in the thick of, you know, an addiction or whatever alcoholism, right? Like that, that's what it feels like. Right. And so imagine, you know, your advice is food and it's like, okay, friend, only this much, not this much. You can have this much, but you can't have this. Like, I don't need to drink six drinks a day to be healthy and feel good. Right. But the person with the food addiction does. And it's yeah. like, how does that person do this and be healthy and feel good when like the food is that person's drug? You know what I mean? And people don't really, it's, it's socially acceptable for people to overeat, but it's not socially acceptable for me to snore Oxycontin all the time. Right. Like that's, we draw a line somewhere. Right. Yeah. But it's like, we don't give that person with food addiction or that's 30 pounds overweight, the same benefit of the doubt. We're like, Oh, well that person's fat and they don't have any discipline or they have no self-control. When in reality, we don't have any idea what what's going on in their life, or like why, or what their in relationship their head, with food looks like, or, or what that even yeah. is, dude. And it's like maybe that's their only way to cope with whatever it is they're going through, right? And like that's how they handle things: is when they're happy, they eat food; when they're sad, they eat food. When they're, you know, that's what we do. We celebrate with food when we're happy, when we're sad, when we're with people, when we're when we're not. Mm-hmm. We're always using food, right? Like, and that person that has a problem with it, it's like, okay, how does it? What do they do? You know, like how do, how do you help that person? And it's like, that's some of the hardest clients to work with, right? Because it's like, okay, well, look, we got to kind of look at like your relationship with food as a whole. And like, you know, it's a lot further than just nutrition uh, and the mindset piece that we kind of talked about in the beginning. It's like, how come when you're sad, you eat? How come when you're stressed, you eat? Well, I mean, it makes sense why when someone's stressed, they eat, right? So our stress hormone, which is cortisol, gets released. Now the opposite hormone or the antagonist hormone of cortisol is insulin, right? And so what triggers insulin is carbohydrates. So we eat carbs, our body sends out some insulin to shuttle those carbs wherever they need to go in, in the body, right? Now, the, the thing is, insulin turns off cortisol, right, to, simpl- to really, really simplify it and break it down. So when you're super stressed and, you know, it's been a long day, you haven't eaten all day, and then you eat a bunch of candy, boom, you can fall right asleep. Well, it makes sense as to why we crave these sugars and candy and alcohol when we're really stressed because it actually turns off that stress hormone, like from a – you know, physiological standpoint, that's how it works in our body. So it makes sense why people crave sugar. Absolutely. Because what triggers, you know, the most amount of insulin? Well, it's sugar. Yeah. It's it's alcohol. There's nothing higher on the glycemic index when it comes to just pure, you know, what can spike your blood sugar the highest? Sugar, alcohol, high fructose corn wow. syrup, gummy worms, whatever it yeah. is, right? So we get super stressed and we crave these things and we wonder why we crave them. Well, it makes perfect sense. But the flip side of that is you could also eat like a healthy carb, with protein, it'll do the same thing. You don't have to go to the unhealthy option to do to get the same result, right? It's yeah. like do it this way as opposed to this way. And that's what a lot of it is, is like, you know, my job is a lot of showing people like here's here's all the options you can do. What do you want to do, right? Because as soon as I tell you you can or you can't do this, I lose. As soon as I say, friend, you can't have a Snickers. Well, you're going to say I don't even like Snickers, but I'm going to eat two because you just told me I can't have any. Yeah, that's how it works. So instead of me saying you can't have this, it's like, here's what you can have. Here's all the stuff you can have. You tell me what you like. I'll tell you, help you with the amounts of how much you should have and have it. Go ahead. But I don't have to say no because I, I'm letting you pick. You're the one picking, not me. I'm never the one saying you have to eat this, this, or this, or you can't have this, this, or this. Because as soon as I do that, I lose. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Yeah. I love the fact that, that you do that. <clears throat> you give me multiple different options to pick from. Yeah. And then we put it together, like, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, et cetera, yeah. breakfast, lunch, dinner, et cetera, for a snack. Yeah. And you can play around with it. Exactly, because that's real life, right? Like, who wants to eat the same thing every day? I know oh. I don't, and I know what I did. I failed miserably, right? So I don't want to 
give that to someone because hey, let me just set you up to fail. That's not my job. My job is to help yeah. you be successful and to like really learn how to eat healthy for the rest of your life. This is not a crash diet. This is not like you know a quick fix or a keto diet or whatever it is. The fads that people go through. You know what? That's that's how I feel too. Because even right now, like, <clears throat> and we talk about this every time I go in there, and yeah. and, and I'll go way in, and I'm like, okay, uh, I lost some, or maybe I gained a couple, or or maybe I'm the same as last week, or whatever it is. Like right now, I think um, compared to when I first started was. Yeah. I know what to do now. Like it's been long enough yeah. with you where I know. But there's another thing that comes with the the, the weekly visits. Well, it's the accountability. It's the accountability, accountability and that's yeah. super yeah. super important because and and <clears throat> I'm not I'm not going to say, "Oh, I'm afraid to stop going to you because I feel like maybe I'll balloon up or whatever." Right. But I kind of do feel like that because I it's I honestly a constant it reminder. Is. It's a reminder. Oh, mm-hmm. shit, I got to see Justin this week. Oh, shit, yep. I got to see Justin this week, right? So so that really helps. And for me to be paying what I pay for that accountability is totally worth yep. it. I'm telling you. Well, it's like it when, really is. I, I tell people all the time, like, when, <clears throat> when people pay, they pay attention. It's just a fact, right? Like, I've had clients where someone else is paying for the program for them, and they just don't really care as much because they're not, yeah. planning, they're not, they're not invested. They don't have anything to lose if they do, right? Like, the people that are the most successful are the ones that care, right? Because they're invested. They're like, oh, shit. You know, they know they have a way in no matter what. Like, and even if they know, if they cancel on me last minute, I'm going to text them and be like, hey, what's your weight? Yeah. Right? Or, like, they know, like, they're going to get their body fat tested. You can tell me until you're blue in the face how awesome your week was. But when I, like, when you jump on the Check scale it, uh-huh. and I test your body fat, like, it doesn't, it's not my opinion. It's not an opinion. Again, it's, it's like, here, here's here's what your body fat is. Yeah. I tested it three times. Why is it up a percent? Yep. Clearly, something's not adding up. So, what's, what's really going on? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. People, people try to hide stuff all the time, huh? But the other thing is, it's not, I'm not trying to catch you. I'm not yeah. trying to catch you in something, right? Like, I'm trying to help you kind of navigate through life and the ups and the downs and the busy times. Yeah. And then, you know, it's really easy to be compliant on a plan when shit's great, right? Like, in, when there's no stress and it's easy, it's like, uh, you don't really need me then, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what do you do during a pandemic when you're at home and you can't go to the gym and all your food that you keep for your kids is 10 feet away from you at all times and your office is now your living room? Like, how do you still not... How do you still be successful and lose when that's your scenario now? What do you do, right? Because that's where a lot of people are at. And it's like, oh, shit, I've gained 10 pounds since the pandemic or 20 or 30 or whatever pounds. What do I do? Well, if we don't have a plan for that, it's not really going to work. There has to be a scenario where you're successful. And that's like what my job is to help you find that and what figure out whatever that looks like for you and how you can keep going despite the outside and external factors that are always going to be there, right? Like you're never just going to not be stressed. Yeah. That's a thing. It's just a myth. Like there's always going to be some kind of new stress, whether it's, oh, it's work or it's family or it's whatever. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, there's never going to be a time in your life where you're just like, you know what? There's just no stress and things are just great. You know, like there's always going to be something. And so well, how do we prepare for that? Yeah. Because if we don't, we lose. Yeah. Let, so so let's let's go down that avenue a little bit, because like I said earlier, you know, when we talk about entrepreneurs and being self-employed, yeah. there there is a level of stress there. And again, I've been self-employed pretty much my whole life. Yeah. You know, and so I've always I'm, I'm used to it. Right. I, I don't really know another way. Um, and when I feel like I'm not being challenged, I come up with another way to challenge myself. And that yeah. comes with another form of stress. So so when it comes to people who are self-employed, people who uh, have they carry this amount of stress. I mean, do you work with a lot of clients who who, who are entrepreneurs, who are self-employed, that come yeah. to you with crazy schedules? That we're working 18 hours a day. Uh, I mean, I mean, whether it's a flight attendant who's yeah. or a shift worker who is literally awake at nighttime half the week, right? It's like it doesn't matter. Like, there's a plan for everyone, but that's why everything we do is individualized. There's no really one size fits yeah. all meal plan. That's like, okay, 
I'm going to just copy and paste this one for you, Fernando. It's like, no, no, no. What's that's like, that's how we do it with every client. It's like, okay, what time do you get up in the morning? How much time do you have? Here's a quick option. Here's another fast option. Here's something for the weekends. Here's something. If you have a, a little more time, here's four different options. Pick whichever one works on a given day. Yeah. Right. And so by doing that and going through your whole day and seeing where you're at and like, Hey, Fernando, where are you at at 1030? Well, if you're driving and you know, and I have you down for whatever, some sort of something you need a microwave for, it's probably not going to work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, here's another option. Here's a fast option for you. Here's this option. Here's another one. Right. So it's like, I, I the hope is I give you enough things that work that no matter what the day throws at you, we have an option that works for every scenario and based off of what your day looks like, you'll just assess that and then grab this snack over this snack or this meal over this meal. And you know what I mean? Make it work because that's, that's how it has to work. No two days are really the same generally. You know what he recommended to me uh, about maybe two months ago and we finally got it was the air fryer. Yeah. Dude, the air fryer is dude. money. It's dude, a game changer. Money. It's 50 bucks, dude. My kids love those, uh, those pot stickers. Yeah. And I'm like, can I air fry pot stickers? You can. You can air fry everything. <laughs> I, I air fried them. Yeah. Wow, bro. These things were these things were gold, bro. They were money. My kids ate all of them, right? I bet. But I'm like, oh my gosh. And my wife's been buying a lot of the sweet potato fries and sweet potato like, like yeah. tater tots. Yep. We air fry those. Like, mm-hmm. dude, and it's so fast. 20 minutes is done. 15 minutes is done. And, and so, and it's it's really just revolutionized the way we cook, like uh-huh. around the it house. It makes it a lot easier yeah. too. Well, and it also confines your mess to this one little area, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like you're cleaning seven or eight pans or whatever and doing all these dishes. It's like it's all confined to one area. Which if you have a lot of kids and you're a busy parent, you don't want to be spending all this time cleaning the house and the in the kitchen and doing all these dishes. So you yeah. can just make it a little bit easier and like tastes really good too. You're not adding any extra calories. It's a great option. Yeah. And, and, and we do that, too. And it's hard when you have kids because, I mean, one wants to eat now. 30 minutes later, you're done. The other one wants to eat. And then 30 minutes is like, dude, it's like hours and hours in the kitchen with the kids. Um, and, and But I'm used to that. And, you know, what I'm loving is that the foods that we have been eating, right, the, the options, it's been a really easy transition for my kids. You know, yeah. they're so young. Like, we switch from uh, peanut butter and jelly to peanut butter and sugar-free jelly, right? right? And that, that little, like, removing the high-fructose mm-hmm. corn syrup really there you go. helped out mm-hmm. a lot, right? Well, and your kids are going to feel better. Yeah. And they're going to focus better and yeah. they're going to have more energy and they're going to be more consistent and they're just going to overall, you know, feel better. And the thing I tell a lot of clients that have kids, it's like, you know, how your, your child's health is like a direct result of you, right? Your kids are not leaving and going to McDonald's and ordering fast food and, and eating unhealthy, right? They just eat what you give them and what you allow them to have. That's essentially what they eat, right? Like they don't really get a say in much. They're not driving to Burger King because they're so young, right? Yeah. So it's like you're the one in control here. Like it's on you to like make sure they're healthy for now, right? Because yeah. they don't really have an option to do anything different. So it's the parent's job to like, okay, I want my kids to be healthy. I'm going to give them the more nutritious options. I'm not going to have them do regular soda anymore. We're going to switch to whatever it is, right? Like there's plenty of alternatives that work that you can swap things out that are really – your kids don't even know half the time. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about something, and and you might have, you might have some expertise on this, but let's find out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing the uh, the TRT. Is that what it's called? Yeah, testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been doing that a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, my doctor, and this guy is so funny because. I threw it in there. I'm like, hey, by the way, let me get some, uh, not Viagra, but Cialis. <laughs> yeah. And he's all, okay, <laughs> give me a bottle, right? Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> so I get the Cialis, right? And I'm, I'm totally being transparent right now. Yeah. Is for, and again, a question maybe you know, maybe you don't know. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly like banging these things out, like eating these things, can it fuck with your libido? 
Is there foods that can help support the libido? Are there things that you can do naturally to help stimulate the the, 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 the libido? Yeah, I mean, the best thing, obviously, you can do is lose fat, right? Yeah. Like, the higher fat. So here's how fat cells work, right? Every fat Let's cell. Let's go to that. This is going to be good because I know a lot of guys my age. Yeah. Like, Matt, our last guest, we were talking mm-hmm. about it with him. He's like, dude, uh, well, what can I do to stimulate my, my, my libido? Right. <laughs> I'm just being real, right? Well, and that's a good question, right? And it's a, kind of a taboo subject for a lot mm-hmm. of people that they don't want to talk about and they don't mm-hmm. want to bring up. But typically, when someone's overweight... Their libido's down, their sex drive is down, their energy's down. It's pretty much across the board, right? It's kind of this blanket statement of everything feels less than or lower than. Your energy, all that stuff is downregulated, right? Usually testosterone is down as well. And the reason for that is all your fat cells also are have estrogen receptors on them, meaning you're more likely to have higher estrogen when you have higher body fat because your body physically has more estrogen receptors than someone that has lower body fat, mm. okay? So the first thing that happens is when you're overweight, typically – that's going to lower your testosterone. Now, on top of that, for males, your testosterone can lower up to 20% just from not sleeping properly, okay? So if we just take, let's say you were at a 500 and you took 20%, so 100 points off your testosterone just because you don't sleep, right? Then after men turn 26, their testosterone naturally decreases. So you got that working against you too. Then you will work a very high-stress job and you have a high-stress life, right? Being an entrepreneur, you're working long hours, your sleep is not really a priority, and you're, you're working because that's what you're doing to support your family, right? That's also going to lower your testosterone. So now you have three factors working against you that have nothing to do with a single piece of food you've eaten before we even get there, right? Yeah. So out the gate, you already you got one arm and one leg tied behind your back at this mm-hmm. point. You're hopping along, right? Now you throw in these unhealthy foods like candy and sugar and all the stuff with high sugar, that's going to lower your testosterone even more because these foods are not nourishing your body and promoting, you know, healthy energy levels and a good energy balance throughout the day. They're essentially going to make you peak really high and crash, right? Yeah. And, and on those crashes, everything is going to go down with those as well. That's where I was too when I right. started. Right. I, is, I mean, that's where a lot of the guys are when they start, right? They have, they have no idea. Most this guys, is, yeah. And, yeah. And, and I tell people this all the time. Like when I ask someone, like, how do you feel? Like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, do you have energy throughout the day? Do you feel tired? Like a good indication of low testosterone. If you wake up in the morning and you could go back to sleep and you've had a full night's rest, like chances are there's something going on. People just associate this idea of me getting older, I'm going to feel shittier. That is not, that is not the case, right? Yeah. There's no, nowhere in the, you know, in science does it say the older you get, the more like you're going to feel shittier as you get older. You know, that's a direct result of what you're eating and your sleeping habits and your eating habits and how you manage stress and how you're taking care of yourself, right? So all those factors are working against you, and it's no wonder why people feel like shit and have low testosterone. I mean, 70 years ago, the average testosterone level was a 1,200. Now it's 300, right? Yeah. All these things are working against us, like blue lights, these blue lights in this room. These blue lights lower your, lower your body's hormones. They tell, you that this, they, are, they tell your body, don't go to sleep. Don't get tired. Don't produce melatonin to wind down like you, your body normally would when we were living by candlelight and all that sort of stuff, right? So all these processed foods, all of these, you know, all this added stress just from our lifestyle that we live now are working against our hormones, right? The average range for testosterone now is about 300, right? Yeah, mine was less than that. Remember that? And yours was, was like, like, yeah, yours was low like twos. Two, low twos, right? Yeah. And it's like that is not normal. That's why, largely why... One, you feel like shit, and two, you're having a really hard time losing fat. So, you know, your testosterone is directly correlated to how much fat you can lose, how much muscle you can build, how effectively you recover, and how much energy you have throughout the day. So if that's low... And my sleep was all jacked up, too. Yeah. Well, it's it's always, it's everybody is the same, right? Everyone thinks they're so uniquely different. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times, right? Like, it's the same for everybody, right? As soon as you correct that and you fix those issues, everything, like... 
up in, in the same way things downward spiral it, it spirals upward right you have more energy you feel better you can burn more fat now you can actually go to the gym because you have energy and you're eating better and now you're getting better results it's like all these good things happen just because we looked into that mm-hmm. and like you know hormones are a big part of, of what i do as well because you know it's like fighting and there's no food i can give you to increase your testosterone right yeah. like there's not one that exists yeah. right so you know if someone has a testosterone deficiency i can't raise that just by giving you a certain food. So it's almost like pushing a rock up a hill, right? At some point, it's going to roll back down and we're going to get run over. You know what I mean? So by doing some blood work and looking into things like I had you do, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, shit, your testosterone's up. Let's get that up. All of a sudden, your testosterone's up. Well, guess what? Guess who's down almost 40 pounds now and feels good and has energy and has all these good things because we decided to look into that, right? It's a lot deeper than food. People just think it's like, oh, you just... Right, meal food plans. Or, food or supplements. Yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> Take some horny goat weed. Well, and it's like, and how many supplements have I told you to get from the store? Zero. Yeah, none. Right? Yeah. No, I because get everything from food. Exactly. Because, like, that's exactly right. You're getting everything you need from food, and then the, your hormones, you're supplementing with what you need, and look look at the results you've got. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't have to sell you on those. They speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, but people don't talk about that. So if they don't want to talk about, oh, well, my tea levels are low. I feel tired. I don't have a sex drive. All these things. It's nothing to be embarrassed of. It's like, that's yeah. that's a problem. Let's fix it, right? Yeah. You're not getting older and should feel like shit. That's not how it goes. Yeah, I was eating those things, like, <laughs> left and right, man. Yeah. And, and and one of the reasons why is because I, I heard a lot of people that actually work out at the gym and they'll use Cialis or Viagra or whatever yeah. it is. In Cialis order. works a little different than yeah. Viagra. But, yeah, the science behind that, Cialis is a vasodilator. So, you know, in layman's terms, what it does is it unrestricts blood flow to wherever – you know, the blood is going, right? So and if you're training arms at the gym and the blood's going to the biceps, the Cialis will help get more blood to the bicep, right? Or it will to the quad or whatever you're training, right? So yeah. that's that's why a lot of bodybuilders use something like that pre-workout mm-hmm. is because that's that's exactly what it does. Now, in, in most cases, people using it for, like, erectile dysfunction or whatever, that's exactly what it's going to do as well, right? But, yeah. you know, being that it has a 72-hour half-life, that will work for your benefit if you are training as well. You know, yeah. people just don't. Because, again, it's this taboo subject of, like, well, I don't want to talk about that. Well, yeah. you can either not address it and pretend it's not happening, or you can just find a solution for it and then not have to deal with it anymore. Yep. You know, it's yep. like, what's the lesser, what's worse, right? Just yeah. being maybe a slightly embarrassed for a minute or how many? It. How many of your clients come to you, uh, middle-aged men, right, maybe l- less than middle-aged men? I like to think I'm less than middle-aged. Yeah. Um, you know, come to you and, and you recommend them to get blood work done and then – you come to find out their testosterone is extremely low. Is it a good majority of the people that do yeah, it's it? Probably, it's probably honestly 70%. Damn. I mean, really, though, it's like, you know, but, but usually it's like there's signs that I can see that lead to that, right? Like if I put someone on a calorie deficit and give them all, and, you know, break their meals down, give them meals and snacks, they stick to it, they feel really good. And, you know, they after a month's over, a mo- it's been a month, and they've been on their plan, sticking to everything, and they're only down a pound or two, there's signs that I can kind of correlate to like a, a low testosterone or like I'll check in with them and, you know, check in on their biofeedback of like, how's your energy? How's your workouts? How is your recovery? And based off of where those things are at, I can kind of, you know, use like deductive reasoning and say, okay, Hey, let's get some blood work done. I think there's something else going on here. And I've seen it enough times now that I know what to look for yeah. where it's like, okay, look, these are all the signs of low testosterone. Like let's get some blood work done. Let's kind of dive into this a little bit deeper. You know, it's not necessarily a food issue or a compliance issue. It's more of a hormonal issue. So let's, let's look into this and kind of address this. Yeah. Because that seems like there's probably something going on here. Yeah. Alan, you got your blood work done, correct? I did. So where, where did your testosterone level come in at? Was it lower than normal? 
Mine wasn't too bad, actually, I don't, I don't think. Yeah, no, I think yours for, was about for, a 500. Yeah, for me, it, it, it was all about the thyroid. Right. Yeah. And, and I again, another something people don't look at, right? Thyroid. It's yep. like that regulates weight loss, right? So if your thyroid's down, you have low T3, no food I can give you to increase your T3, right? Yeah. If your thyroid stimulating hormone's low, no food I can give you to increase your thyroid stimulating hormone, right? Like these are factors into why people can't lose weight as well. It's not the keto diet that's not working. It's not the whatever diet that's not working. That's probably not helping, but it's more than likely this is the, the cause of your issues, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, food can cure, in my opinion, like 90 to 95% of most of the medical issues that people have. Like I have a client come in with type 2 diabetes on metformin, on, you know, whatever it is, these medications to help with blood sugar or insulin sensitivity. And after they lose 30 or 40 pounds, they don't need any of that stuff anymore, right? And I'm not saying that's like a blanket wow. statement that that's going to happen to everybody, but like I've had clients come in with fatty liver and type you know, really high A1C, borderline type 2 diabetic, and after they lost some weight and ate, ate better, all that stuff seems to go away. Wow. The problem is you go into a doctor and they say, here's your symptoms. You say, here's my symptoms, doctor. Here's what I have. They say, okay, okay, Fernando, your A1C is at a 6. You're pre-diabetic. I'm going to give you this metformin, which is an insulin sensitivity regulator that's going to help your body secrete better amounts of insulin and help you regulate that process. You know, they don't say, hey, how's your diet? Do you yeah. eat protein and carbs balanced together? Or do you just eat really heavy carbs with minimal protein? Because that could be a really big issue in terms of why your insulin sensitivity is out of whack. Why do you think? Why do you think that doesn't happen? Why do you think? Do you think they're, they're not properly educated on nutrition? Is that? Yeah, and I think the doctor doesn't really. One, they don't have a ton of time with their, you know, patients right when they're meeting with them, and they're just trying to give them the best medication to fix the causes as opposed to the, really the issues, right? When someone comes to me and I say, okay. Here's what the medications I'm taking. Well, I say, okay, well, let's look at what we can fix and see if we can get those lowered or we can get off some of those in the future. That's a goal we generally have together, right? And so by eating better, a lot of times that stuff goes away, right? Because if it's, if it's an insulin sensitivity issue, that comes from food, right? Yeah. And type 2 diabetes is, is reversible, so you can cure that essentially by eating better and losing weight and, you know, training your body to use insulin better by breaking up your meals and eating balanced meals throughout the day and eating better, right? And by doing that, all of a sudden, six months down the road, wow, look at that. Your body's corrected itself, and it doesn't need those anymore. And you don't have those symptoms, so the doctor doesn't have to prescribe you that for the symptoms because we address the cause of the symptoms. Yeah, so so let's talk about – so Which is so – before anything, yeah, which ahead. is so interesting because even me as well. I'm, yeah. I put myself in, you know, those shoes because, you know, I was allergic to everything. Right. You know? And whenever, whenever, whenever I would go to the doctor – like, hey, doc, like, I, I feel like shit. I'm right. bloated. Like, I have this pain. You know, and they would just give you medication. You right. Know, or acid for this, for that. Here's this for acid reflux. Here's this Here's for this. heartburn. Here's yeah. yeah. It's all this stuff. And right? it's literally like, come in, come out. And I, and I hear that a lot with people as well, you know, with anything, whether yeah. you're on drugs, whether you're not. Like, they want you to just keep coming back, just yeah. kind of give you a little bit. Here you go. And you go, go about your way, but they don't want to actually get to their actual root of the problem. Right. You know, like for me personally, it happened to be that I needed to find out exactly what I was allergic to. I right. didn't come to find out until I ended up in the, in the emergency room until eventually it's like, hey, by the way, you can't have any of these foods right here. Right. Um, but the doctors never mentioned that. They're so quick to go, hey, here's this. You feel like shit. Here you go. Yep. And then on to the next one, right? On to the next one. It's, it's, not, it's like clockwork. Right. And it's not necessarily the doctor's fault, but it's like given what they – their scope of practices, that's that's what their job is. Okay, yeah. I have a limited time. What medication best, fit, best fits these symptoms? You know what I mean? I'm not here to hate on doctors or any of that sort of stuff at all. It's more so just 
that's not really within their scope of practice to really like dive into someone's diet or nutrition. That doctors, you know, only train on nutrition for like two weeks. I think it is my uncle says who's a wow. doctor, right? During his whole residency, it was two weeks of that, right? Wow. Out of however many years, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not, you know, the number one solution when the truth is it's a lot of what's causing the issues, yeah. right? Like how does someone, how do arteries get clogged that lead to a stroke, right? Like, well, years and years and years of unhealthy eating and not regulating that those, and checking those things, right? Like that's how it happens, right? Like blood pressure is a really, really good indicator of like the health issues someone's going to have later on in life. Like what does your blood pressure look like? Do you, do you ever check that? You know, because that can indicate a lot of things. You can get a lot of information from that stuff, but, you know, most people don't really look because yeah. it's almost like ignorance is blessed. If it doesn't feel bad, it must not be bad. Yeah. Right. But like when you do blood work and you are forced to kind of see the whole picture. And when I say blood work, it's like full liver panel, comprehensive metabolic panel, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, thyroid panel, liver enzymes, all the full gambit of everything. So we know, okay, look, let's get a full snapshot of everything that's going on. And then let's make a plan to improve these areas and help fix these things because a lot oh. of things can be fixed relatively quickly. You'd be surprised how fast you can correct, you know, unhealthy blood work or, you know, blood work areas that have red flags. It's like, once we know what we're looking at, it's very easy to fix those things, but it's impossible to know until you find out, right? Oh. Like I, I can't look at someone and say, Oh God, your HDL and LDL are low and high. Like, you, you know, your good cholesterol is low and your bad cholesterol is high. Let me help you with your fats that you're eating so we can help get those lowered. Right. It's like, until I have that data and I can see it, I can't really help make the yeah, best plan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what if somebody were to come to you and say this, and I'm going to give you my routine uh, seven years ago, okay? Yeah. Let's say, okay, I'm sleeping about four hours to five hours if I'm lucky every mm -hmm. day. Okay, that's one. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to eat or I'm not willing to make the time to eat, okay, because I'm working 10 different positions in my company. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I'm always on my feet all day long. So I know I'm, I'm, I'm burning a lot of calories. Right. Yeah. So when I do try to get food in, it's probably some fast food or something that I can grab quickly. Um, and I don't have a ton of money to spend on it. Yeah. What, 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 what would you recommend? Is there a diet where you could have one great meal, 2000 calorie meal, 1500 calorie meal, and then you can go about your day. Is that possible for somebody? I mean, have you ever written something like that? Isn't that something, what is it called? Intermittent fasting where people just like bang out one or two massive meals a day and they're done. Have I mean, you seen success with that? Uh, yes and no. And like, you know, okay, so I have a client who's got really, really bad GI issues and she really has really bad heartburn. Like, and it's just, you know what I mean? She, pretty much a lot of that is like genetics. She was born that way. And so, you know, for her, we have her fast actually daily, right? So we actually have like, you know, she essentially eats four meals over a 10 hour window, right? And she spaces those out so we can keep her blood sugar stable. But I have her fast in the morning. I don't have her eat her first meal till noon. So her inflammation can come down and she can actually like digest and absorb nutrients better, right? Because the higher inflammation you have, the worse you absorb nutrients, the worse your body does everything that we're trying to do, right? Now my, my problem with intermittent fasting is this, and it's not to hate on people that do that. If you do that and it works for you, that's fantastic. But the large majority you know, if you said I'm going to fast intermittently, let's look at what that would mean, right? That would mean once a week, maybe you did a 24 hour fast or something that would be intermittent. That would be fasting in an intermittent period, right? Now, if you just said, I'm going to only eat over eight hour period, every 24 hours, I'm going to eat for eight, right? That was what I would really refer to as time restricted eating. Mm. Okay. So it's not that there's some magic in eating every two hours for eight hours, eating four meals. Let's say you're eating 2000 calories, you divide 
that over five, four or 500 calorie meals every two hours, right? There's no magic in that. What happens is by going from eating 16 hours a day to eight hours a day, you've, you've now created more of a calorie deficit because you have less time to eat, right? So all that's happened is you've created a calorie deficit within this window that you've set for yourself. And that is why more than likely you're probably losing fat, right? Now there's no magic behind that. There's no magical thing that happens, right? Sure. It's really good for, you know, Digestion issues, if you have any, sure, fasting like that can be really beneficial for some people. But, you know, don't be mistaken. There's no, like, magic thing that happens when when you were to do that, right? Now, the other issue that people run into is, you know, nutrient absorption is a thing, right? So just because I, I sit here and right now I eat 100 grams of protein doesn't mean my body can absorb 100 grams of protein just because I ate it right now. So what happens is my body will probably cap out at 50 or 60, maybe whatever grams. The rest of it, my kidney's going to filter out and I'm going to either pee it out or sweat it out, right? So... I've not now utilized the full 100 grams of protein, even though I ate 100 grams. Mm -hmm. So when someone's eating every two hours on the heels of all of their meals, let's say they're eating 400 grams of protein for the day, right? You can't physically absorb all of those nutrients as well. In that short time. In that short time, because okay. your body doesn't have enough time to utilize those fully before it's ready for more of them. Right? That makes sense. And so that's where you'll run into some issues, potentially, if that is you know how you choose to eat in that, you know, time-restricted eating window, right? And, and, and it gets really worse when it gets to really small windows. I've heard of some people doing, they fast for 20 hours and eat for four, and it's like, look, you can eat all your calories for one day and one meal, that's fine. But if you came to me and said, how am I going to feel the best, perform the best, and kind of have the most energy? That's definitely not the way I would recommend you yeah. to go, right? Yeah. Does that mean it's not going to work for some people? Absolutely not. But if you said, what's the most effective way to do this? I would definitely not set you up on that type of a program because, you know, in my experience, it's not been the best way to get someone the same results, right? Yeah. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat, right? But it's like, you know, so for that, to answer that question for that seven year old, seven years ago, right? I would have to help you come up with some really easy options, right? Like type grab and go stuff, premier protein shakes. I'd have you do lots of tuna, like really inexpensive protein options. Cause you know, I could buy, have you buy a 20 pound bag of rice at Costco for 25 bucks, right? And then I could have you get canned tuna for your protein. And then depending on your level of dedication, we can make that work no problem, right? Yeah. It's more so like, what are you willing to do to be successful, right? And that's really the question I pose to my clients. It's like, well, you know, what's your why behind this? Because if it's just to look good, it's not really going to cut it, man. Because when shit gets tough and when it gets stressful and shit hits the fan, so to speak, that's not going to be enough of a reason to keep going forward. So you got to figure out why are you doing this? What is the why behind you coming here and sitting in front of me? Is it, you know, get – you got you to get deeper than that, right? Like really dig deep and think like, why are you really doing this? Yeah. Is it to get set a good example for your kids so you can be around and have energy to play with your kids when you're 40? Like what, what is it? Right. Because once um, I can target that, figure out why, then usually I can do make a lot of progress and we can make some serious headway into getting someone, you know, some success. Yeah. Yeah. I went to you feeling like shit. I was at, I was at 270, which wasn't even my heaviest. I got a 300 one time. Yeah. Um, but 270. And I mean that inflammation, when we talked about that, I really never, really, I never really thought of that. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I, and I was drinking. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I did try to lose some weight on my own, but then when you talked about testosterone and I was like, okay, yeah, I guess you're right. Like as an entrepreneur, we have higher levels of, of uh, stress and it's dude, probably even, fucking with our testosterone. I even sat there and I said, dude, you have low testosterone. Yeah. I, don't need, I don't need a test to know this, dude. Like I guarantee you have low testosterone. And it was Go so get it checked. low. It was so low. And, it, and it, it, made, it, made, it made so much sense. And as soon as I got on, like it was like a week after, we were, we were doing the flip at that time. Uh -huh. And yeah. uh, 
when I started taking it, like my energy levels went up. I was, I told you, I yeah, said, this is going to change your life. Like yeah. this is no bullshit. Like this is going to change your life. You are going to feel like a totally brand new person just from this. And it's no joke. You know what I mean? People just forget. Like the thing with testosterone that's so deceptive is it doesn't just all of a sudden crash. You don't go from a uh, 500 like Alan was at all the way to a 200 where you were at overnight, right? Maybe every, you know, few, you know, few weeks or months or years, you're losing four or five, six points here, and then you're not sleeping well. So that lowers it. And it's like, it slowly bleeds down over the course of years, maybe, you know, um, and all of a sudden you get a check and it's like, holy shit, it's at a 200. But when I ask someone, I'm like, hey, do you feel okay? They're like, I feel fine. Because they didn't drop from 500 to 200. That's just normal to them, right? Yeah. Like, that's normal. This is how I feel. This is normal. I feel fine. That's what everyone says. I feel fine, right? But once I get them on whatever the hormone replacement therapy needed is and they feel optimal, like, and I'm not talking like we get them to 300, we get them to the high end of the range. If the range for men is, you know, 300 to, you know, 1,000 and we get them to eight or 900, when they get to eight or 900, they're like, holy shit, I didn't realize how shitty I felt back then because now I feel so much better. I didn't even realize that I could feel this good. Yeah. And that's what, what exactly what I told right. you. I was like, dude, I, I, I forgot how I felt. Like, this is how I felt when mm -hmm. I was like 21. Yeah. Like, I, I literally feel that good. I'm sleeping awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm working. I'm thinking my, my, my brain, I feel like is functioning a lot better. Right. Um, I'm better at solving problems. I can quick, I, I can think quickly. On I my noticed feet. that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Everything you're seeing right there, you're so much more clear. Yeah. You're clear. You're more efficient. You're on more on top of things. You're more, you have more, more energy. Of course. Your, your energy you give off as well. Like. You're, well, you're, 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 you're in a, a better mood. The list goes on. 100%. I mean, low, side effects, low testosterone, depression, anxiety, low sex drive, like it, hard to lose fat, right? Like it's all of these things that are really, really bad, right? Like if you saw a, a, the side effects of it on a prescription bottle, you'd be like, I'm not taking that. Like, yeah. This is all the shit that can happen. Like I'm not, I don't want that, right? But because it's natural and it happens naturally, it, we're okay with it because we don't really realize it's happening. And, and, and the other thing is, like, you don't have to take testosterone. There's, like, clomiphene. There's other medications you can take to raise your testosterone without doing testosterone. You know, for, for those of you guys listening, you know, there's other ways to do it. You don't have to do testosterone. Let's be clear on that. There's other ways you can get these things higher naturally so you don't have to, if you're worried about fertility or any of these other things, there is ways to do that as well, right? There's not just, like, okay, you have to just take testosterone. I think everybody should take testosterone. It's not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is I think everybody should have optimal testosterone levels. Yeah. Right. And a lot of the reason why people aren't able to lose fat is because they don't. They just don't have that. Right. And it's just working against you. And everything you do is, you know, you're getting a 25% of the results from the same amount of work. And it's like, now that your testosterone's high, it's not like I have you doing any more work. It's not like you're working harder now than you were at the beginning. Right. It's the same amount of work. Nothing changed there. But all of a sudden, your results are just through the roof. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you how my girl feels when I'm taking testosterone. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I forgot where to put that sound effect in. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. <laughs> no, dude. I, I'm I'm telling you, it, it completely changed my life yeah. because I thought that I was like, oh well, this is I guess the the this is how I age. This is how I'm gonna feel. Yeah, yeah. as I get older, I'm just gonna keep continually going down, right? Right. Um, but but I do think 
number one, having a nutritionist is extremely important in life. Yeah. Number two, if you're an entrepreneur and you are having a hard time figuring out what foods to eat because you're so busy doing your own thing and you don't, you don't have time to make your foods and, you know, the, they should meet or talk to somebody like you yeah. to educate them on what's going to be best for them to continue yeah. moving forward in their business. Because it really helped our business. I mean, I'm telling you right now, mm-hmm. like confidence, my confidence level shot to the of roof. Course. I don't think I'd be doing a podcast right now if I didn't feel as good as I did. Uh, the vlogs and everything else that you and I are doing, I don't think I'd be wanting to do that. Probably you know, not. If, if, if I didn't feel this good. And, and I attribute that back down to the nutrition and the coaching that you've helped me with. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. It's like that's – I felt the same way, right? So, like, when I went through this process myself and I was working with Brad and I got all this stuff, like, all my ducks in a row, so to speak, that was kind of where I was like, dude, I got to help other people do this. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how I started. Like, I – Got a coach, and then I, he, I, Brad was like, hey, you should do this. Like, you're really good at it. You know, I've been doing it for, like, three years with him, and it's like, okay, all right, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. And so I just started going to, like, random people on AA, and I'm like, hey, dude, give me, like, five bucks to write you a meal plan. You know what I mean? Like, let me help you. Let me help you. And I'd have yeah. all these people come to my house, and I would, I, like, do meal plans for everybody, right? I did my whole – everyone in my family was on a meal plan. All these people, right? <laughs> just, like, let me practice and do as much – let me help as many people as I can and, like, get more practice so I can, you know – do this and then here we are i didn't even know about five, that six years later seven i didn't even later. know about that yeah i had no, i had no idea that that's how yeah. it started and like, then yeah dude and then uh you know at the old place that i worked um one of the other coaches got fired and i you know my, my i was like going into coaching i was super apprehensive because i'm like i can work with males because i'm a guy i've gone through this myself that's no problem but i really don't have as much experience with you know middle-aged women like i don't know how i'm gonna work with them as well like i just don't feel as comfortable and that and that coach got fired my boss called me and was like hey this so-and-so got fired can you take over his client load i'll give you whatever 20 bucks a session i'm like sure man sure dude he sent me 14 women between the age of 40 and 60 right i was like dude oh shit like you gotta be kidding me like this is there's no way you know what i mean like and dude just threw me to the fire pretty much threw me in the fire and i you know what i mean worked with all of them and i and then eventually as i worked with more and more of them and that's kind of how it started right and then i got super comfortable with it started you know got into competing a little bit with myself and like seeing what i could you know like the addict side of the whole dieting thing is like bodybuilding right what's the most extreme form of dieting bodybuilding right yeah. like okay well i'm like all right well, that's perfect for me i'm gonna just try that you know what's the most extreme way to do this great <laughs> you know yeah. and um but that's helped me right because i've gone to both extremes and i've been able to see what it's like to be 100 percent on the strict as it can be and then like 100 percent off when i'm not doing anything and just feeling like shit about myself and then i've been able to find a good middle ground which is what i help my clients try to find right is it's like now that i've been at both sides i know what it feels like to have a shitty check-in dude like my i say this a lot like Every week, my meeting with Brad, when I was doing this, was like that was that was the most important thing in my whole entire week, dude. Like my whole week hinged on that little thirty minute check in that I would have with Brad, right? Like that was my whole week was based around that, right? And based off of how that meeting went, I would either have a really good week or a shitty week or whatever it was, right? And so, you know, when I meet with my clients, like I make it's a big deal, right? Like everyone deserves my very best for that check in because it's I know how important that can be. That could be the most important. 30 minutes of someone's entire week. Yeah. I owe it to my clients to give them like the best education, the best coaching, the best I can do so I can help them be successful. My, my job is not to beat people up and you know, people all the time, like, I'm so scared you're going to be mad at me. And I'm like, dude, have I ever been mad at you before? Like, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm the opposite. I'm like, Justin, 
the way that people like me respond <laughs> is if you call me a fat ass. Like, yeah. come in here and yell at me and be like, dude, you fat ass. Why don't you lose weight this week? <laughs> and then I, I get motivated like, yeah. oh, this motherfucker comes in, right? And, and yeah. people like me, we think like that. And uh, I, I've been sending people your way too. And I got yeah. one of my good friends, Philly, you know, Philip Garcia. Uh-huh. We got him over there now. And, good, yeah. And I keep telling him, bro, he's like me. If you want to motivate this guy, call him a fat ass. Like, yeah, well, just dude, being he's, real. He's he's motivated, dude. Oh, he he's, is. He's got some, uh, he's got some, he's got a bet on the line where he's yeah. got a, He's got a bet with some one of his buddies. Oh, so here we go. <laughs> That's him right there. That's it, dude. So it's like he, we're gonna he's gonna crush it, dude. Yeah. Like, look, you follow this, you're gonna get results. Yeah. I, so I spoke to him after uh, you met with them, and they were like on a hike. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh well, they're 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 doing it, so that's yeah. good. But uh, no, dude, I'm I'm really happy that you're taking care of the people that I'm sending over because you know I'm, I feel like I'm a walking billboard, and I got a goal to hit, which is another another 25 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I I definitely want to hit that before my birthday, right? I think it's doable, right? Especially with, doable. with 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 my schedule and everything I'm doing. Um, but dude, thank you so much for coming in. Like, thanks for, for for sharing, you know, your knowledge, and uh, hopefully we we hit on some stuff for some people out there um, who might be, you know. And I feel like Alan and I are just completely different when it comes to our like the, the way that our physical health is and everything. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of things that he's dealing with. I have a lot of things right. that I've been dealing with. Right. Um, and and I like that you're able to help both of us, so you can help a wide variety of people. Everybody's different, man. Yeah. If it's not like yeah. personalized, there's no one size fits all in nutrition, right? Yeah. Like it's, and that goes with everything. There's you. I can't sit here and be like keto's bad, right? Because people like to hate on stuff. And yeah. It's like, well, if you have epilepsy, it's actually one of the best things you can do. If you're going through chemo or radiation, actually one of the best things you can do. Now, if you came to me and said, "Hey, what's the best way I can lose fat?" I would. I probably wouldn't put you on keto, right? Yeah. But it's like, there's applications for everything, and it's like as a coach, I think it's my job to be open to all of those possibilities and, and realize that there's a time and a place for everything, right? Depending on someone's circumstances, that could be the right fit for them. And what works for you might not work for Alan, but what works for Alan might not work for you. It doesn't matter because it yeah. works for you guys respectively. And that's yeah. how it goes, right? Yeah. It's not, everyone's different and yeah. you can't give two people the same thing because they're, they're just different, you yeah. know? Well, let's give you a plug. So right now, currently you're at Key Nutrition. Yep. Uh, you've been there for a while now. How can people reach you? What's yeah. your Instagram? Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. It's jmancuso91. I'm not super active on there just because I'm pretty busy with a lot of clients, yeah. truthfully, and I, I don't post on there. I, I should post more, but honestly, with how busy things have been lately, I just I just don't. Yeah. Um, that's another way to, you know, that's an easy way to get a hold of me, um, or obviously through you guys. Um, and, you know, I'm taking new clients right now. I still am. I've got some openings as well. Um, oh, and for pricing. So typically, uh, the way our program works is a month-to-month program. So there's two options. You can either do your month-to-month option or you can do a six-month option. Either way, it's the same program. There's no differences at all. Um, and the way it works is we meet every, four times a month, right, every single week. So um, month-to-month is essentially it's like a two-month minimum, and that option is truly month-to-month. Then you can go for as long as you want or as little as you want. That option is $400 a month. Or if someone commits to do a six-month program, then that drops the price to three fifty a month, and either way you pay monthly. And then anyone that sends someone in, you get twenty five percent off of your next month. So nice. there's some incentive there. But um, again, you know, it's like people like to say, "Well, that's really expensive." It's like, dude, some of these medical bills, like, you know, these, yeah. you know, that shit's expensive, dude. You're gonna wish mm-hmm. in a few years that you're like, "Shit, I wish I could have paid four hundred bucks a month." Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and that's the main reason why right now I don't yeah. mind at all. Well, it's worth. It's it's like. How much is your health worth, health worth to you? You know what I mean? It's like put a price on that. You yeah. can't. You know, it's like what what price is it to you to feel good and have good quality of life, to have energy? And not to mention, like, how you show up 
in every other area of your life. Exactly. Right? Like, exactly. And I even told you when we first started, I was like, dude, you're going to kill it everywhere. Like, everything is going to get better. Yeah. Not just, not just you're going to lose fat. That's going to be secondary to all the other good stuff that happens. Yeah. Like, a lot more stuff's going to happen to you. Yeah. And I swear to God, it has. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, it has. You yeah. feel amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's food. great. And it's like, I didn't show you some weird, like, Japanese berry that, you didn't know existed, and now you're losing fat all of a sudden, right? Yeah, it's now like, I want to know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, dude. I'm yeah. laughing because I swear I wanted to start a business yeah. like that a while ago. Yeah, of course. But, but <laughs> it's just it's just food, man, yeah. and how much you eat, and relative yeah. to what you're eating. It's like, map it out. We'll dial it all in for you. You don't have to really do There's no guesswork, right? I'm like, hey, Fernando, yeah. here are your options. Yep. You pick. Here's all of them. You, you choose. Yep. I'll never tell you, hey, you have to do this. But when I find new stuff, I'm like, hey, dude, try this out. Try yeah. this out. How does this sound? What yeah. is it, what do you, how does this sound? You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and and we do, and and I, I swear it's working. Yeah. Um. So, dude, thanks again for coming in. I'll put your information down below so people can find you. Yeah. Thanks for um, having me, Alan. Thanks for coming on the podcast mm-hmm. today. Also, thank you for uh, seeing Justin now. So I, I have him more on top of his shit here. Well, at thank work. you for introducing <laughs> me to him. This guy would come in all the time, like, bro, I've been sweating all night. I had a peanut butter last night. I'm like, what? <laughs> sweating all night, bro? <laughs> come to find out, oh, you can't have peanut butter. Oh, okay. oh my god. Okay, but dude, thanks for being on the podcast. Pleasure. Uh, everybody, if you want to get a hold of Justin, I'll leave the link in the description below. Also, you can call me or Alan. We can give you his phone number if it's not uh, if you guys don't find it there. Um, but thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. See you in the next one. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche.